Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Uptime Community. We are glad that you could join us live today. Today's date is December 21st in the year of our Lord, 2021. I'm Greg Messina, and if you are new here, we are a community of believers that are actively studying the Holy Bible and looking forward to that glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. We want to make this an interactive forum, so we do welcome your questions and your comments. I would like to open up with our usual uptime panel. And we have back with us, Brother Bob Barber. Brother Greg, how's it going, my brother? It is going well, thank you. It sounds like uh, you had a great week, a good week. Praise God. Mm-hmm. I, yes, I, I did. Well. As always, uh, such a pleasure working for the Lord, you know. And, you know, a lot of people, they're missing out right now. They're just waiting on the sidelines, waiting for the rapture. But, I mean, there's so much for the body of Christ to do out there. And there's so much joy when you share the gospel with other people, you know. So if anybody listening right now, you know, we're going to be seeing folks over the holidays here over the next couple of weeks, you know, just trying to make it a goal to share the gospel with somebody, you know. And uh, that's all I got to say. Very good. And you had a great video just posted recently. And uh, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. We'll talk about a little bit more of that today on Amen. this uptime. And uh, we welcome back Brother Kevin Hookman. <laughs> Look at that. When uh, Robert Hagen's not here, I get to go after Bob. And uh, that's uh, that's always a pleasure to do. So, <laughs> hey, Bob, there are, there are, they're already telling you no. Please, no rapture nonsense. Is, is, is the rapture nonsense? I mean, I thought I, I saw that. Uh, I saw yeah. a few passages in the Bible talking about being caught up, uh, which is what we call the rapture. But, uh, you know, that's fine. People cannot believe it. That's, that's fine. And then when it happens, they'll believe it. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd, uh, we, love, we love the people that don't believe in the rapture. We have a name for you. It rhymes with roll. But, uh, hey, <laughs> You want to hang out here and uh, hear what we have to say, you know, great for you. But we are going to talk about rapture nonsense. Um, (laughs) It's not nonsense. That's right. It's not. So we're going to talk about rapture probably sometime during this this broadcast, I would think. Uh, You know what, guys? It's not really, it's not about the rapture. It's about going home with Christ, with Jesus, being with Jesus, really. You know, that is what it's about. All right. If you're looking, if someone's looking somewhere else other than that, true. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd hate to say that I question, you know, relationship, but I almost have to. Uh, you know, it, it, this. It, you say rapture, I say, oh, my Lord and Savior. Right. I, I want to be with Him. And I think that Bob made a good a good point, which is, um, you know, we the Bible doesn't tell us to be sitting sitting around. Uh, you know, doing nothing, idle, waiting for the rapture. I mean, that is not what we're supposed to be doing. And those who are doing that are doing a disservice to the kingdom, doing a disservice to themselves and anybody else that they could share with. And um, Bob, I think you hit the nail on the head, which is we are to occupy while while we're here until that, that day happens. And mm-hmm. occupy doesn't mean just lazing around and, uh, you know, sitting on your laurels. It means taking any and every opportunity that you can to share the gospel, which is exactly what is the key here. You don't share the rapture right off the bat. You share the gospel. And Mm -hmm. uh, because no one's going in the rapture that doesn't, uh, that doesn't 
believe in Jesus. I mean, that that is number one. You've got to do that. And once you do that, then you got to then you got to become a disciple. And, and that's, that's a whole different, that's a whole different mess. I mean, that's a whole different story. So, I mean, Bob, you, you put out a great video this week, which, uh, which kind of shows like what that things right now are manifesting themselves very visibly uh, and setting up, uh, you know, ultimately what, what will, what will come, uh, which is, you know, a beast, a beastly kingdom, which will, which will come on this earth. And we can see, you know, the beginnings of those things right now and, uh, and how the juxtaposition between the harlot system and the beast system is already, you know, at odds with each other. You can see infighting already there. Um, but I mean, ultimately the beast system is going to take over and the Bible says that it's going to devour the harlot. And I think you, you really uh, laid that out nicely in this last video. Yeah, that's where uh, the Lord is leading me right, right now to dis- dismantle everything about the beast and expose exactly who it is. And, you know, during the uh, throughout the Bible, we had the Lord intervene with the flood of Noah. And that was because the genealogy, and the Bible says specifically the genealogy of Noah was perfect. Okay, so it was referring to his genealogy. It wasn't referring to the fact that Noah was holy. You know, Noah was you know, such a good man. Nothing to do with that. It's the fact that he was fully human. And the rest of the world, well, that kind of went to hell. So God flooded the earth because the whole earth was filled with Nephilim. Real plain simple. Okay. And then there was a, it, was a, it happened again. And that what basically was the uh, Tower of Babel. Where the Nephilim, and basically I believe just the fallen angels came and there was another incursion upon the women. You know, some people think that Nephilim are holding onto the ship. No, <laughs> that's funny. But um, there's another incursion. Some other angels sacrificed themselves, went on daughters of men. The Bible even said that um, that um, that Nimrod became a mighty hunter. So True. that was definitely uh, messing with the genealogy and stuff like that, changing his body, kind of like what we're seeing today. Exact same thing. You know, Nimrod became a mighty hunter. And right now they're trying to change everybody into something, something mightier because they're they're not happy with the way the human and you see that in movie predictive programming, you know, it's always insulting the human gene. Oh, you humans, you guys need to be upgraded, you know, all that stuff, you know. And of course, at the Tower of Babel, what happened? They tried to come together, God intervened again. You know, supernatural event. And now here we are seeing it all happen again. These guys are showing up. And I don't want, you know, since the uh, since the UFO activity has gone up six thousand percent recently, um, what do you do with that? You know, what do you do with that? Why all of a sudden these guys are taking over our skies now? Why all of a sudden you got Congress and our government out openly talking about these guys, whether or not they're a threat? Come on, come on! I mean, thirty, forty years ago, you'd be labeled a crackpot. Uh, even 10 years ago or so, I mean, it was getting a little bit more mainstream, but I mean, like you just said, now they've got, you know, uh, episodes on, on uh, news channels that are talking about this with the Pentagon, with the Navy, with this and that. I mean, they are, they're getting close. I mean, they're basically disclosing it right before our very eyes. Right. And it's not surprising to us because i mean what what is surprising though is that they still think that they're beings from other planets and that they've traveled here that that right there is like 
I mean, if you look at the science behind it, it's just not possible. I mean, so, and then the fact that they've actually, you know, received a message out of CERN, they're trying to, to open up an interdimensional portal. Look, the people in the know, they know that these are interdimensional beings. They know that. They, they know they're not extraterrestrials from some other planet. They know who they are. And, and, and they try to, like, put the veil over, uh, you know, the, the public's eyes. And it actually works for a lot of people because they just are, are just so believing in whatever the narrative is, they'll just go lockstep and barrel with it. But, I mean, when we see this stuff, we go, uh-huh. All right, so they're so it's getting close here to a full-on disclosure because they know that sooner or later the fallen angels are going to be cast down to earth and they're going to come back here, and so we can see that we know that's happening. Some people in the know they know that's coming too, but then they try to shroud it right, and they do it through predictive programming and they do it through movies. They try to make the aliens look nice. They talk about the aliens helping us. They talk about oh, we're actually aliens ourselves because they're the ones who seeded us long time ago. I mean, they'll make up any story to try to like make the aliens be the good guys. Right. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you, we've said this before. If an alien shows up, he's not a good guy. Okay. He yeah. is not here to help us. Right. It's always been a debate as to, are they malevolent beings or benevolent beings? And so, uh, there's been a number of researchers out there, who, and L.A. Marzulli is one of them, to oh, yeah. pretty much prove uh, that these things are not uh, good people or good beings, right? They're not people, but never, we're talking about interdimensional uh, entities, right? Basically, it's no different from ghost hunting, right? right? And I know I, I, and you know, previous uptimes, I brought up my experience, uh, but I, I don't know. Did you guys ever witness any of these things um, oh yeah at any point here? several several different occasions i've seen them you know one the ones i saw were the size of a walmart shopping center flying over our neighborhood and i was trying to get a picture of it like 10 years ago and there were two of them actually and they were flying in the distance they were off way in the distance but they're moving really slow and i was on my way home from work and it's before i got into this stuff you know so like 12 years ago and I was trying to get my camera out, but cars were behind me honking their horns and stuff. And I was, I forget it, you know. And maybe I could drive a little bit further to see them. And I went further and further. Then I couldn't see them anywhere. Then I was in a hurry to get home. I had to pick up my kids from daycare. I was like, ah. You know, it was probably some new technology, the government, whatever, you know. And come to find out, the government, of course, they weren't using anything like that, you know. So, yes, I did see them. Another one I saw was flying over. This was at night. This thing looked like a, an electric blue light. Just went from one side, of the, one side of the sky all the way to the other. It just was going and going. I thought it was like a meteor. It wasn't a meteor. There was nothing scheduled at that time. And this thing was beautiful. Beautiful blue light behind it, white. It was just, and it's left a nice streak. It just nice, perfect line. It was so peaceful, you know. So, yeah, that wasn't a meteor. That was definitely an alien ship. <laughs> yeah, I was up in the Just middle of the night one quote time. Quote, unquote, alien. Right. And, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, you can look at your fist and put up the sky, and you can. that's about 10 degrees, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And then you do that. I did that. He, this this uh, entity basically went about 30 degrees across the sky through a couple, like a constellation and a half or 
and pretty much was like, I mean, you could tell th- this thing was doing loop to loops and coming back on it. And, and I mean, you cannot do that. You know, you cannot do that if you are, um, you can't do that as a plane. You can't, I mean, the plane, that thing would have to have been close. I mean, but you know, there's, this thing was a star, you know, it looked like a star and it was just, twirling around doing its thing it came out of nowhere and it disappeared out of nowhere uh, only an interdimensional being can do that i mean you know it's like it's like the whole thing about you know being on a two two dimensional plane and having a third dimension above it and it can like stick through it and then it goes out and the person on the two dimensions are like i saw something and all of a sudden it was it blinked out gone well that's the difference between this dimension and the other dimension is that they can come in they can go out and, uh, and, and it looks to us like they're there and they blink and they're gone, right? And you're like, what What happened to it? Well, it just it just switched dimensions. It went to the other dimension. It went back mm-hmm. into the third heaven, basically, right? And, and so mm-hmm. that, that, that's – but one day they won't be able to go back there, will they? <laughs> that's, and that's why it says, whoa, 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 because the devil and his, and his angels have come down to the earth. And that's, that's when you're going to have – uh, major calamities here. And for those who are like, well, you're just going to have to endure through it. Uh, bless their hearts. I mean, that's the, that's, that's one way to look at it. Go ahead and look at it that way. Um, and then for others, it says that they will not escape. Uh, we will escape. Pray that you're worthy to escape all these things. It says, you know, so, I mean, that's where you get into the rapture and, it's it's really it's a comfort. It's a comfort. It's it's what fourth uh, you know First Thessalonians four eighteen says. It's comfort each other with these words. It's not supposed to be something scary. It's not supposed to be something that we're supposed to fear. It's something that's uh that's a that's a beautiful thing, and it's being taken away and being with the Lord. And like you said, Greg, the focus yeah. is on the Lord at that point, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's it has to be right. It, this is all about Him. It's really all about Him, mm-hmm. and to put any type of focus on just uh, you know leaving and a rapture and supernatural that that's missing the point that's missing the mark folks come on uh, mm-hmm. yeah that's all that that's all secondary this is all about jesus this is all about him right and mm-hmm. and his miraculous power we're we're talk, going into his word it's about his word it's about him right amen right the bread of life that's our salvation in christ you know, when we're born again, Paul talks about how we're born after the Spirit, okay? And basically, we are born again spiritually and then sealed to the day of redemption. What is the day of redemption then? There's no such thing as a rapture. Sealed to the day of redemption, your spirit, okay? Well, if you go to 1 Thessalonians four sixteen and 17, um, it says here, for, it says, 416, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Okay. And then we which are alive and remain shall be called up to, together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall, we, so shall we ever be with the Lord. What do you do with that? What If you don't believe in a rapture, what do you do with that verse? Oh, I'm just pretend it's not there. What do you do with that? What do you do with 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 53, where it talks about a moment of twinkling an eye that we're changed from mortal immortality, that the, the mortality must put on immortality, that the corruptible must put on incorruptible. What do you do with that if you don't believe in a rapture? And our apostle Paul talks about that in his letters to Thessalonica and to Corinth 
Why? Because the people in the Christians in Corinth and Thessalonica were Christians. All right, they were under under his under his gospel of grace that he received from the revelation of the Holy Spirit. So those are instructions to them to, to those people, like Kevin was saying, for comfort. Okay, so that's our apostle that has that is promoting the gospel, and that we are today the gospel of grace during the age of grace, which is coming to an end. So if the age of grace is coming to to an end. And in the time of Jacob, Jacob's trouble is about to begin. Then what happens to all the Christians that are saved under the gospel of grace? Everybody, something has to happen to them. And Apostle Paul just gave us the answer right there. What's going to happen to us? And I know people don't believe in the rapture. That's that's you know that's only because they don't rightly divide the word of God. They got like like Kevin. I like what Kevin says. We're getting we're getting close to the end here. And all the lines are starting to get mixed up. Mm-hmm. Everything's starting to get blurred, right, Kevin? Oh, it's blurry. Right. We see through a glass dimly, right? It's a dark mm-hmm. glass right now, but it's becoming more clear every day, it seems like, as we get closer, which is what you'd expect. Uh, yeah, what do you do with those verses? Um, if, I mean, some people just don't want to believe it, I think. I just think they, they think it's too good to be true. Um, but, I mean, God is love. I mean, you cannot limit his 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 love for us and the power that he has. So uh, I don't, you know, I don't limit God. I, I, he can, he, if listen, he's told us through his apostle that he's going to take us. So I believe in that. And um, you know, if you don't, that's not just because you don't believe that doesn't, this doesn't mean that you're not saved. I mean, it, it, it clearly states what salvation is. It's a, it doesn't say you have to believe in a rapture. It says that you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and that, and that mm-hmm. salvation is a free gift from God. It's a it's 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 grace through faith, uh, and it's not through works. So uh, that's that's salvation in a nutshell, right there. And Apostle Paul told us that. But then he also t- tells you know the church the churches um, comforting words, and he tells us like tells them what to expect in the future. And they also were like, oh, they got a letter I think by from somebody because uh, that's kind of what it alludes to there in Second Thessalonians that they got a letter saying the day of Christ has already happened. And it's like, don't let anybody deceive you because the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and then we who are alive and remain are going to caught up. I mean, it's it's the Antichrist is is revealed and the restrainer is removed. I mean, uh, the rest, I'm sorry, the restrainer is removed prior to the Antichrist being revealed. That's what he tells them. So. He's, he's comforting them. He's saying, look, don't anybody fool you and say that all oh, this stuff happened long ago or just happened or whatever. For us, it would be long ago. But uh, no, this is still coming. And we're and, and as you as we're living our lives out, we can see that it's getting closer and closer here and that the things that they these uh, prophets, these apostles that they prophesied here that was going to happen at the end. These things are taking place. And there are some big things that are still on the horizon that take place, but we can see the setup for those things. I would say like Isaiah 17, one is one of those things, right? Ezekiel 38 is another one of those things. We can see the things lining up for those things to actually occur. I mean, Damascus is already not, not in good shape, is it? But, it, but people are still living there. So you can't say that seventeen one has been fulfilled because right. it's, it's not a ruinous 
heap. It's got a ruinous heap, right? Right, completely, heap. right. So people aren't going to be dwelling there. So people are still dwelling there. And, and it's not a great place to dwell, but you can still do it. But we also know that the Bible is absolutely true. And then what it says is going to happen, just because it didn't hasn't happened yet, doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. And some people will say that. Well, Damascus hasn't been ruined. And it's like, okay, well, we're still alive. I mean, I, you know, we're, there's still time. I mean, the world hasn't shut down. We haven't blown up the, the, the world. I mean, we, we're still here. That means that there still is time for that to be fulfilled. And if you believe in God and you believe in his promises and believe in his word, then you know that those things are going to take place. And it's just a matter of time. You also need to understand that God is patient. He is long suffering a lot more patient and long-suffering than you or me. (laughs) So when we say it's time and we say it needs to happen and this and that, God is so far above us, we can't even even measure it. So he has that patience and, and, and foresight. He created everything from the end to the beginning. He understands it all. So you can't fault God for doing it in a wrong time because he's the one who created it. And he's the one who created it perfectly. So you got to trust in him. And I think that's one of the key things about living in the spirit, like you said, Bob, which is you you trust in him. You don't lean on your own understanding. You allow his things to take place. And then while you're here, you let him guide you. And we do that through the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. We let the Holy Spirit guide us. If you fight against the Holy Spirit and grieve against the Holy Spirit, you get pricked and you get prodded and then he gets you back in line and then you fall and then you're back in line and you follow it and then you backslide and then you're like ah, oh, and then you come back I mean that is the that is the struggle that we go through and we are told that we are you know we're supposed to have um, you know t- we're supposed to basically uh, daily get renewed in the spirit so that we're and refresh so that we're able to to hear him and that we're able to be led this is a great verse there, Second Timothy 3.10. Um, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, which is love and patience. I mean, <laughs> long-suffering, love, patience. Those are three qualities that a lot of people on this earth don't have right now, I would say. I mean, those are, the, the, I mean, even for, for we believers, those are, those are tough. Those are, t- those are some of the toughest things. And in, the, in this day and age, the Bible said that, you know, people were going to be lovers of themselves and not of other people. And I think that we're seeing that a lot right now. It's just selfishness. It's just the, I want what I want for me. I don't care who it hurts or what it does to anybody else. I would say these smashing grabs are a great example of that. Wouldn't you think, uh, Greg? I mean, it, I mean, it's it, it's like this lawlessness in the streets that they don't really care about any any repercussions or anything like that. And then, of course, when you're enabled to do those things and not punished. Uh, you're going against what the Bible there says too. And it says, yeah. and you're seeing like that bear the rod and spoil the child. You're, yeah. You're seeing that darkness close in, right? Yeah. You're just seeing it in front of our very eyes happening right now before our very eyes. Darkness is just closing in, closing in. And that light, right. 
uh, of followers of Christ, the believers in Christ is just dimming and dimming. And it's not that we're dimming. It's just that it's just we're being engulfed by this cloud, this dark, dark cloud. But God is still in control, right? Amen. He's allowing it to happen for a reason. All right. And and we'll we'll learn what those reasons are, of course, throughout the uh, you know, this broadcast, and we we know through scripture why he allows this stuff to happen. You know, he, mm-hmm. he gives this unto these people who want it. Mm. If they want that destruction, he's gonna give it to them. Yeah, he says, Let those who be who are unholy be unholy still. Um He's sending them a strong delusion because they do not believe the truth. I mean, he, yeah, you're absolutely right, Greg. That's a, that's a really good point. God is, uh, God is preparing this earth right now for his Messiah. You know, he is, he's, he's preparing the earth. He's preparing the human race for the millennial reign. And in order to do that, he has to force everybody to choose. Mm-hmm. Either choose him or choose the devil. And it's getting to that point now. You just can't exist here on the earth all willy-nilly like we used to. That mark of the beast is coming. Mm-hmm. And I know I've talked about it. It's, it's coming during the tribulation. I get it. But if you guys hear, um, you guys heard that uh, that report on the Next News Network recently where that company came out with that uh, that chip in your right hand now that can mm-hmm. track all the Mac, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to say the word about the jibba-jabba mandates, mm-hmm. you know, so they're they're looking really heavily into that now. I was like, wow, look at that. Now, is that going to be the mark? Is that the you thing know? that people are actually signing up to take and actually involuntarily take, or voluntarily, I suppose, taking it in Sweden right now, Bob? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you got to be some kind of person just voluntarily take a chip in here, considering what uh, what tracking methods and all those things. I mean, you really want to be a slave to the state to the government, to the world government. I just, I mean, I can't ever sign up for that. And I, I don't know if that's just the Holy Spirit just saying, you never will, so so just you've got me in you, so don't worry, I'm never going to have you have that desire. But those people actually desire it, Bob. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what's strange, too, is like the mark of the beast, and a, it, it, looks, it sure looks like it, doesn't it? But, you know, there's something about it. First of all, it's not in its proper time zone. It has to be within the tribulation window. Time okay. zone. So if you know anybody, if you, got, if you have any friends out there that took this chip, they still haven't taken the mark yet. There is no statue proclaiming this mark yet. Okay, yeah. so this mark, I believe it has ways to go before it turns into the actual mark. Okay. Yeah, you gotta, Whatever it's going to be. Now they got to perfect it. There's not going to be a booster shot for the mark, okay? There's not no. going to be a booster. And it's not going to be like a – you can't get a religious exemption. Well, you can. It's called beheading. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's not a piece of paper, I can tell you that. Uh, in addition to that, uh, you're going to have angels warning people. I, I, I said that all along, too. It's like you're going to have to throw that verse out if you think that the mark of the beast has already come out because uh, – Either that or just God's just late. I mean, he's just really, really late. And uh, you would think that, you know, he wouldn't have a billion people or so take the mark of the beast before he warned them. That seems, and and children and so forth. It seems like an awfully cruel God to me. And if you're going to throw it out and say, those aren't angels, those are this and that. Well, then you could just throw out the rest of the Bible, too, while you're at it, because you could just say, that's not true. This is fine. At that point, are you actually a believer anymore? I, I mean, 
you know, yeah. you, you really can't, especially when it talks about revelation, it talks about, hey, don't add any words to this and don't take away words from this. And it says those who read this are blessed. And, you know, so we listen, Bob, you're right. We we, we, we can't go down that road and say, oh, well, you know, since this happened and people some people lost their jobs and this and that. Listen, that's happened before in history. I mean, this is not the first time that there was ever even a vaccine mandate anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, let's be honest. There, this has happened before. Um, but at the same time, though, this is like ramping up to a point where, like you said, in the future, that people are getting majorly conditioned by this now. And to the point where they're just like, I want to go about my daily life. I just want to be able to do whatever I want to do, rob whoever I want to rob or whatever or not. Fine. The the fact is just give me my life back. What do I need to do in order to have that? And it's like, they're looking, like you said earlier, they're looking for a Messiah. I think Donald Trump, I saw something this week. He said, people are looking for a Messiah and I'm not him. I saw that, mm-hmm. that that headline and I was just I didn't read the article but I saw the headline I just chuckled and I was just like I thought you said that I'm the chosen one but uh, I just kind of laughed at that <laughs> remember when he said that but uh, I kind of laughed and I was like you know he's got but he's not he's ha- he's he's all he's right on both accounts he's not the messiah and that people are looking for one but listen the messiah came and he's coming again so we already have the messiah He's already here within us. So if you're looking for something outside of that, you're looking you're looking down the wrong the wrong low, the the wrong road. It is a wide path to destruction. I would uh, recommend not going down that road and, and seeking a Messiah that the world is looking after. Amen, Amen. to that. Amen. Yep. I'm on, I'm getting on a roll tonight. I don't no, know. That's why. Good. Yeah, you're spurring you're on me on, Bob. That's why you're spurring me on. You're, you're, <laughs> you're getting my juices flowing. I was coming in a little weary. I gotta say, today was a little bit rough. Uh, this week has been a little bit rough. It's kind of the opposite of what you had, Bob. But uh, you know, I get on with you guys, and all of a sudden, I feel energized and I feel good, and I feel you know, you know, with a spirit more just flowing and stuff. It's just a better feeling. I'm telling you, just being in this world, Greg and Bob, I'm telling you, it's, it is, it is, it is wearisome sometimes. Oh yeah. We're behind enemy lines right now. People think you're going to have your best life now, Joel Osteen, you know, no, it's not about having your best life. Now we're behind enemy lines. You know, how many times, how many soldiers, you know, they went to Korea, Vietnam, and they're just vacationing out there. No, <laughs> we're at war right now, man. You know, and apostle, our apostle Paul tells us we don't war with the flesh. We war with principalities, powers of darkness, and stuff like that. But sure. let's face it, that, that the, the fleshly stuff, they do war with us because if a bunch of them invaded my house and threatened to kill me, lest I denounce Christ, that would still be war against me, you know. But be it as it may, we're not there yet. But that is coming. That is so coming. coming. You know, and that leads to a fact that, you know, there's so much division right now in this country, right? Boy, they dividing us up. You know, it's not just because they want to keep us divided so they can wreck this place without any hitch, okay? No, they want us all set up so that way when rapture resurrection takes place, all that tension is let loose. Everybody will go after each other for food. Everybody will go after each other for food and any life-sustaining stuff. 
And all that propaganda they've been hearing for the last three or four years, that's all going to come right back, and that'll be fuel for the fire for them to attack each other. <laughs> I don't know how many times in Dreams and Visions I've seen people just running from mobs, trying to survive mobs. There are going to be people, just mobs of people that just want to kill people. And the fact that they're pushing so hard right now to make this such an incredibly lawless country. What 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 town was that where they did just leave your trunk open, leave your doors open. That way they won't break into your car. That's right. Yeah, I heard that how, too. How silly. How I silly. I mean that is that where we're at, Greg? I think <laughs> I think we uh we've hit a a point of no return. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Bob just put the point of no return of Joel Osteen ever coming onto this panel. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I thought you actually mentioned a name. I, I was actually, I thought I was dreaming, but, uh, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, Bob, Bob called out a prosperity preacher. That's my, but, yeah. Right there. Yeah. Well, good for you. Um, <laughs> I've read that book too, by the way, long time ago when I was into that stuff, I think 2004, five or six, seven, I read that whole book. And now I'm like, oh. are you talking about? I'm going to drop another name. You can talk about Rick Warren's book, the the purpose driven life. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, you know, I never, I never read that book. I was told about it, and I was told it was really good, and then I was told what's in it by the person who said it was really good, and immediately that, that didn't sound very good to me. So <laughs> I didn't want to read it, but I know what it's about. I mean, I've seen actually excerpts of it. And, uh, you know, it's just preaching up the wrong tree, really. It's just, it's not sending the right message to the, to the body of believers. And, I mean, right now we're going through uh, a really difficult time. Like I, like I said, like a, a birth pang, right? And, I mean, it is like, and this is a big one, too. This is a long one. This has been going on for a while here. But that's not, it shouldn't take us off guard. It shouldn't surprise us, right? We should be prepared for this. We, you know, Greg, you mentioned a lot of times on here that, you know, you put up that verse, uh, I think it's Ephesians 6, 12. It's like, we don't fight against flesh and blood, right? We fight oh, against. Oh, sure. Yeah. The armor of God. Sure. The, six, yeah. Six, through, yeah. Let's exactly. And it's like, we, you know, we're, 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 we're not. And that's what the world wants us to do, though. They want us to think that we're fighting each other, right? They want us to be divided like Bob, you just said. They want us to go at each other's throats. Um, yeah, this is great. Uh, Greg, why don't you read this? You have a good voice. I thank you, Kevin. You're welcome. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So true. And you, both you, Kevin, and Bob, and myself, we have experienced that at some point, either prior to us being saved or even during our walk with Christ. Mm -hmm. And I could tell you right now, we know what to do when we experience that as believers in Christ. We know how to thwart the enemy's plans, to rebuke that stuff in Jesus' name. We know how to do that now. When once we didn't, we were part of that whole area of, okay, oh, wow, what's that? What, what is that thing that we see flying across 
the sky. Oh, maybe it could be government operated uh, vehicles or, or me mechanics. We don't know. But at this point, I can tell you, based off of my experience, there is some stuff out there that is supernatural. We may not all experience it or see it. But at some point, all of this will be open up to people. And it's going to be too late. By that time, it's going to be too late. Everything's just going to come barreling down like a ton of bricks. And people are going to say, why didn't I believe? Why didn't I listen mm -hmm. to what these people are saying? And by that time, it, it, the stuff will happen. And when I say it's too late, it's not, too, it's not going to be too late to turn your life to Christ. I, I know you guys believe that too, and that's pretty much scriptural. But it will be too late by that point where you, you're scoffing and mocking at those people who have experienced the stuff, has, have rebuked these things in Jesus' name. The evidence is, is there, but now it's going to be a while, out in the open. It's out in the open, and it's going to be too late. I mean, the, the Bible says um, men's hearts will fail them for fear, what is coming upon the world mm. at that time during the tribulation, great tribu tribulation period. Just let that sink in for you for a little bit. Let that sink in. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I know I've got some questions in here. I'm, they're going so quickly here. I know my boy Chester's in here. I think you're asking the same questions you did last time, Chester. You didn't. You didn't answer them well enough, Bob. You you, you got to give him a better answer. I mean, that's all there's to it. I remember him asking me, um, "Are the two witnesses here right now? Right now, walking the earth." That's a great question. You know, I always wonder. You know, the Bible doesn't specify. Do they come back to life, just appear and start talking, or are they born and they, you know? Grow Wait, up and do the life all over again. You mean it's not well, you and Kevin? Well, I, I, I thought that's why, why I invited you guys on. You're not, you're not <laughs> witnesses. Yeah. Uh, well, I can't stop rain from, from coming, nor can I spit fire out of my mouth. Oh, man. I'm going to have to boot you guys off. I'm sorry. Well, okay. You got to find two better witnesses then. Um, I, yeah, we're just I, not good I have them. received messages from them, though. Oh, I, got, yeah. I, I used to get to, you ever get ever get, I used to get emails from the guys claim he's one of the two witnesses. Oh, yeah, no, I yeah. see it all the time. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> yeah, people have posted that on my channel. I am one of the two witnesses. I'm like, well, congratulations, that's great. Uh, but it says that God will send, right? He sends his two witnesses. How he sends them, it doesn't say how he sends them. So, but he says that he sends them. So, um, and considering if they actually um, are. And what I believe is that they're Moses and Elijah. That seems to me like the the two the two best candidates for it. Some people will say Enoch and Elijah, or Enoch and Moses, but you've got the law and the prophets when you've got Moses and Elijah. So I think that that probably is good. Enoch is like pre Noah, and um, he's a Gentile. He's yeah, he's, yeah, wasn't even there wasn't Hebrews at the time. There wasn't mm -hmm. uh, there wasn't uh, tribes or anything back then. So I, I think it's probably Moses and Elijah. I mean, Elijah's the one who called down the fire, right, and like got the altar all burned up, and he said, "Your God basically stinks." 
Um, <laughs> and he's not much of a God. Pour all the water on there on this one and watch this. Boom. And then you got Moses who, like, you know, basically had the plagues and everything. So it seems like those two would be the best candidates. And if they were probably walking around, I think that people would somehow recognize them or see what's going on. So, Bob, I don't know. Do you think they're actually, like, walking around today? You know what? Um, here's the thing. You know, rightly dividing the word of God, you know, back 2,000 years ago when Elijah and Moses showed up, you know, with, uh, Peter, James, and John went to the top of the mountain and they showed up, you know, it was Moses and Elijah. And at that time, rightly divided before the age of grace is even a thought, they were about to go into the seven-year tribulation really soon, very soon. Mm -hmm. So the fact that these two showed up, okay, the fact that these two showed up to talk to Jesus Christ supernaturally showed up, okay, that has to go to show you. I totally believe it's going to be Moses and Elijah. The fact that they were there right before the tribulation was supposed to happen. Right. Of course, God intervened with the uh, age of grace. I don't know. You can't make any argument about that. Uh, uh, Enoch was a Gentile. All right. He was he was pre-Abraham. Okay. So I don't, he don't know nothing about the law. I don't know what he's going to do. So, but uh, the Jews will listen to Moses. They are the laws of Moses, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, uh, Becky, Becky Marie, I like that name, Becky Marie, says, why does it even matter? It, I mean... It doesn't. I mean, in some respects, I mean, uh, you know, we're just we're just, uh, you know, postulating things. Uh, it's not a salvation issue. Obviously, we're not going to have a quiz um, to determine our salvation on who the two witnesses are. Greg, uh, you got one wrong. You're out. Oh boy, um, I'm done. I'm done. You said Bob and Kevin. No, no, Greg. No. Um, you're out there out of the kingdom. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think that's going to happen. Ejection button. But but it's interesting, Bob. Um, you know, they do kind of just sh show up, don't they? And they, they preach for 1,260 days. And then they're killed. And then they sit in the streets for three and a half days. And people party around them because they're glad that they're not doing all these bad things anymore. And then the next thing you know, they rise up and people are like, whoa. What's this? They ascend into heaven. I mean, what a spectacle that's going to be. I mean, seriously, like, I think, like, the two big things are going to be, like, when the first person attacks them and basically gets, you know, gets it back at them the same manner. And then the next person tries it and it's, like, the different manner and it's going to come back at them in that manner. I think people are going to be like, whoa, these guys are untouchable, you know. And then right. uh, the other spectacle is going to be when they – when they actually die and that people are going to be just so happy. But the, the look on those people's faces when they come, when they rise up after three and a three and a half days, is a long time to be on the ground dead. I mean, you're not expecting somebody to come up from that after three and a half days, right? Let alone three and a half minutes, three and a half hours. You're talking about three and a half days. These people are going to be just pale white as ghosts when they see that happen. And then when they see lie. them ascend, I mean, doesn't it say like 7,000 people come to the faith that day? I mean, you're yeah, talking you about what? needing a sign. You, those people really need one. They're going to get a big one, aren't they? You know why they're so scared, Kevin? What's you know that? why? It's not that they're going to come up like, uh, yeah, you know, no, they're probably wrong. more mesmerized because everybody's going to look so freaky at that point. Anyways, when these two are resurrected, they're going to be resurrected to a permanent form. 
Right. And what's it going to be? The Bible, the Bible, Jesus said, when we're resurrected, we're like the angels. Glorified. So they're going to appear like angels. I yeah. totally believe because they're taken up to heaven. They're not going up to heaven in a rusty, torn no. apart body. Ugh. No, they're going to appear as beautiful, glorious, powerful beings. Scare the crap out of everybody. So true. And taken up. That's why they're going to be so scared. Glorified. You know, because if you saw someone stand up to three days, you'd probably marvel more than scared because they're going to be standing there full of blood. You're like, you probably think you'd walk over there and push them over. Or just shoot them again. Something happened here. No, right, right. these guys are boom, look at me, you know, <laughs> and the people are going to be, they're going to be so frightened at that point, and they're going to be taken up in heaven at that point. I like the way you say, you can't go up in, into heaven with in a rust bucket, I mean, you, <laughs> I think that's, I mean, Paul says that you have to be changed, right, you have to go from mortality to immortality in a blink of an eye, and then uh, I've said this many times, that God God's not going to dwell with unholiness. I mean, he is, he, he's, he's, he's doing it right now because Satan is in his presence. But one day, that is going to end. He is not going to have any unholiness around him whatsoever at all. So that is, that's a nice thing to look forward to, too, is that we are going to be perfect. We are going to be glorified. We are not going to be committing sins. We're not going to have sinful thoughts. The, the flesh that we have now is going to change into perfection. And, uh, you know, I can't wait for that day. I mean, this oh, this is a great, yeah. Well, this is one of the verses in 1 Corinthians 15, which is one of the best. I mean, not, not, not that other chapters are not good. In the Bible, let's be honest, they are all good. But there are certain chapters that I think are some people's favorites. And I got to say that 1 Corinthians 15, and it's one of the longer chapters in the Bible, but it gives just an amazing synopsis of everything you pretty much need to know regarding the gospel and and where we're going to be and what we're, what's going to happen to us. And it says, now I, I, this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. That's right. I mean, it is, it's going to be a stark difference there. There's going to be... Uh, an amazing time in heaven for eternity with our Father. Oh, I can't wait for that to happen, brethren. This is—I mean, this is this is coming soon too. This is not a million years away. This is coming soon. It's coming to a to, to a, an you earth know, near you. To earth, yeah, to earth <laughs> near you. This this is on the horizon. And whether it be that you are are dead in Christ or you're still alive and remain. Uh, you are going to be caught up, and this this is going to be an amazing time. And for those who are left on the earth, Bob, you're right. the 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 the, the time to choose is is getting narrower and narrower and narrower. And the di- and the difference between good and evil, and what I mean by that is like the difference between choosing Christ or choosing yourself slash Satan, which is really what that is. Uh, those choices that that is becoming a a stark reminder every single day of what side you're choosing. And the ones who are sitting the fence, those people don't have much time to sit fences anymore, do they? No, they're being forced off the fence now. You know who owns the fence, by the way? The devil, right? Yeah, well. You stay on the fence, you don't make a decision, you're still going to hell. 
Yeah, I mean, that. ultimately, you're gonna you're gonna fall for the uh, the antichrist and be a part of that strong delusion because you don't believe the truth. You have to actually, it's an action, right? It's believing the truth. That's what saves. That's what is salvation. You believe the truth. It is a free gift. Once you believe, it's free. It's you, it's it's there for you. All you got to do is take it. You know, it doesn't cost you anything except belief, except faith. And that's and and look at faith doesn't hurt. It's not something that that that, that stab, you don't have to go work for it. You don't have to like, you know, cultivate faith. You cult. What you do is you cultivate your walk afterwards. Mm-hmm. You get to the point where you have the seed planted, and you're like, "Look, I am a sinner. I need to have salvation. I am not going to be able to do this on my own. I need something else." And God requires a blood sacrifice in order to atone for sins. Either you're going to go to a temple that doesn't exist and kill off an animal, which you can't do. So that's out. Or you take the sacrifice that Jesus gave to us long ago once for all. That sounds like a better priest uh, you know, than anything else. So that, that solution has already been provided. You take that free gift. And then you cultivate your life with the Holy Spirit thereafter, and that's process of sanctification. But I'm telling you, Bob, for people who haven't made that decision yet to follow Christ, it is going to get more difficult and more difficult. And, and like you said, Greg, earlier, the, when the rapture happens, that door is shut. You can't go through that door right then. You've got to persevere. You've got to go through what you're going to go through. And, 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 and I'm telling you, it's not going to be an easy time. It gets harder and worse and harder. And then ultimately they say, you got to take this mark or you're going to get your head cut off. I mean, it is a rough road after the rapture. Right. Go ahead, Greg. Well, we believe that, you know, when time is up, it's up time. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Amen? It's up time. So that is what I, I, uh, I believe. And that is what you guys believe. Most of you on the chat believe. Um, Listen, we're going to we're going to know soon enough. All right. And we we've had scriptures to back this up. People are going to still be naysayers. You can't do much about that. Right. You pray for them. Eventually, uh, we're going to all know the truth sooner than later. Don't get mad at them. Don't be upset. It's fine. I mean, we're not fighting against them. We're not striving against them. We're striving against the spirit of, of you know, of denial of this, of, which are all fear. I mean, you name it. That's what's in the world right now. It's just the spirit of fear. We don't, we're not supposed to have that spirit of fear. We're, and, and, and for those who are, are secure, um, we know that the Lord is, has our back every step of the way. He is not going to, um, you know, turn his back on us. He is not going to turn away from us. He's always there for us, no matter what. And even if man come against us and kill us, God will be there right after, right at that moment. So, I mean, what, what do you, how do you, why would you fear man when they only have power over the first death? when God actually has power over the second death. That's the one you should be afraid of. Amen. Hey, uh, Greg, can you pull up uh, Philippians 1.6? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to start reading it here. But it says there, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. What was this good work? 
His work was as soon as you believed in the gospel of grace, he changed your he, your spirit was born again after the spirit and sealed till the day of redemption. Sealed in the body of Christ in uh, Ephesians four thirty. Okay, but look right here. It's a if you look here and look 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 for yourself right here, right here in the words. Being confident of this very thing that he which had begun a good work in you, so he's he's doing a good work right now. And Kevin talks about that sanctification process, growing as a believer. Yes, you're sealed, you're good, you're going to heaven. But now, why don't we start growing and learning? Now, thank God, we already received a reward up front, and now we can build on it, like our mm-hmm. apostle Paul tells us. Of course, you do want to build on it with uh, gold, silver, stone. You know, instead of uh, you know, wood, hay, and stubble. Wood, hay, and stubble. That's that's the difference between being a a vessel of honor and a vessel of dishonor in the house. Right. So you can be a vessel of dishonor, be a sinful person, and go to the uh, uh, the beam and see judgment. Say, well, I'm here, guys. I know I don't have much to show for, but I'm here. They're like, yeah. Good job, guy. <laughs> All right, get somebody else up here with some works. It, or it's, it. it's better than a lake of fire. It's better than a lake of fire. Well, some people right. don't know what the bema seat means. It's the judgment seat of Christ, which is right. the rewards. Right? It's better but, than a uh, lake of fire. But how about strive for something in the kingdom which is honorable? That That yeah. is the, the work that you're talking about, Bob, right? Yep. And he hath begun a good work in you. Of course, his work is a salvation work. His work keeps you out of hell. His work makes your spirit holy enough to go to heaven. His work delivers you to heaven, the Holy Spirit. His work changes your body at the rapture resurrection. That's all his work. Okay? And it says right here, work in uh, he hath begun a good work in you, and key words right here, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And what is the day of Jesus Christ that he's sustaining this work until? The rapture resurrection. This is our apostle, apostle, our apostle Paul talking here. The day of Jesus Christ is the rapture resurrection. Now there are people in heaven who have died, and yet that work is continuing while their spirit is in heaven because their body is still here on the earth, hmm. and that work continues until the day of Jesus Christ. And of course, that will be the day of the rapture resurrection for them. They'll be resurrected, and of course, we will be raptured physically at that point. Awesome. Amazing. That's a good verse too. Yeah, First John three two. Steve says, "Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is." What a beautiful thought that is. I mean, he, that that's a lot of work for Him to do. You know, when you think about it, try changing us from this to being like Him is no easy task but for him he had to die for us and that and that was um, an incredible period of suffering and shame that he had to take on but he did so willingly because he loves us because mm-hmm. he loves us and and that and, and love just overcomes conquers all things doesn't it and and when you have that love you're able to do things that you normally wouldn't be able to do. And since he, God, is all love, he's able to overcome the, the most powerful things against him, but he's able to conquer it. He conquered sin and death. I mean, 
we as mortals, we can't do that. But once we have his spirit, now we've conquered sin and death because he has. And he is going to perform that work all the way there through the rapture resurrection. And he's going to change us to be like him. That is amazing. I mean, what an amazing God we serve, isn't it? Amen. The gift is for God knows, we don't, a lot of people don't believe it, but we know and God knows that we are three persons, a body, soul, and a spirit. He knows all three parts of us in all three different realms. He, he understands that. Mm-hmm. So that's why the gift of salvation, there is an application now that happens right now where we are, we are sealed to the day of redemption. And then there is a changing of our body. The, the bodily application, which completes the gift, is part of the gift of salvation. Because once we're taken to heaven, we need heavenly capable bodies in order to exist in the heavens forever. Okay, that's his plan for us, being in the body of Christ. And I'm going to give you guys a verse right here. He said, 2 Corinthians 5.21, he says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him, the body of Christ. Mm. Okay, not not to become a bride of Christ, a separate entity outside of him that is submitting to him. Mm. No, we are in him, the body of Christ. Mm. Right, and that's kind of what I was going over about two uh, weeks ago about the fact that his body already already went through the wrath, mm-hmm. right, on that cross, mm-hmm. right? That's already been done. Now we are the body of Christ today in this age of grace. We are the body of Christ. He's not going to put himself through that wrath again because the judgment's already been already been set. It's already been placed. Uh, you know, he took that punishment for us. And it's it's... That's it. It's done. It's been satisfied. Mm-hmm. He satisfied everything that needed to be done there in terms of uh, what needed to be done for us. And the whole mystery to the Gentiles was given to Apostle Paul. Wasn't it, Bob? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, you know. The God is... Uh... God is, God is amazing in many ways, but he, what he does is he always... He's always looking for us to have faith, right? I mean, he's always looking at our spirit. He's always looking at our spirit and testing our spirit and saying, how much do you love me? How much do you believe in me? How much do you actually trust me? And he puts these obstacles in our ways. Um, and we, we have to rely on him to get around them because you try to do it yourself. You're going to mess up most of the time. Let's be honest. So he just wants us to know that he's there and ask for him to help us through. And, uh, you know, you're, you're right, Greg. I mean, this is, this is what it's all about. This is, this is the walk that we have right now in the body of Christ to know that the head took his body and put it on a cross and took all the sin of the world on that at that time. And God, God could not even look upon. That's why he said, why have you forsaken me? All the sin of the world was on him. 
But you know what happened after that? He, he, he died and then he rose again. He, he became live, alive again. And then he walked the earth. He also ascended into heaven and God glorified him. He ascended him into heaven, glorified him and said, this is my son. He is done. It is finished. It is over with. We have conquered sin and death. He came back and he lived on the earth for another 40 days. I mean, that, that's a that's a long time. And there's a lot of people who saw him. So for those who say that Jesus never, never died, well, that, that is actually historical fact that he did die. For those who say that he didn't die, they're just making up stories. For those who say that, that nobody saw him afterwards, well, Paul even said that 500 people saw him at the same time, and many of those people were still alive. He couldn't say that if that was the truth. It wasn't the truth. That'd be called fake news immediately. <laughs> I mean, even back then, it would have been like, no, 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 I didn't see him. He says that I was there. No, I didn't see him. No, that's not what they said. Those people became believers. <laughs> if they weren't already, they certainly were after seeing him. So it is proven fact that, that he died and that he was seen. And I'm telling you, no other, no other person did that for 40 days afterwards that you have any record of. I mean, I, we don't know how, how long Lazarus, Lazarus lived afterwards. Possibly could have been 40, 40 days, maybe even 40 years. Probably not, but who knows. But the, but the point is, is that with Jesus, people knew that he died and was crucified and was buried. And people knew that, that he was walking around afterwards and that they, they saw him. So, and then, of course, Ultimately, what happened is that he he took his his uh, um, disciples and then he ascended into heaven. And they said, you know what, I have to go. And they're like, oh, I don't want you to go. And of course, who would want the Lord to leave? But he says, I need to go because I'm going to send you uh, a comforter, right? Mm -hmm. And he did. And so he says, you all come together on Pentecost and I'm going to send my spirit into you. And you're going to be able to do amazing things. And if you read the book of Acts, you can you can read what they did. And they did amazing things. They rose people from the dead. They healed people. They did all kinds of amazing things, didn't they, Bob? Yep. And they were all signs for Israel, you know. And that's a, yeah, that's a absolutely amazing thing. The things that they did was 100% accuracy. You know they were so they got so good at it. People that uh, Peter was able to heal people just by his shadow. Mm. You know how many preachers you see walking around today with their shadow on people. You know it's just <laughs> you know. People well, the pray. only ones that I see are the ones that are doing doing it as a show. Uh, mm-hmm. And believe me, Peter wasn't doing it as a show. I mean, he was. Um, those are those were amazing times, Bob. And but you know what's amazing about it is that you're going to see. Not you, <laughs> but other people who are here after the rapture are going to see some lying signs and wonders, aren't they? They're going mm-hmm. to see some crazy stuff go on. And they and it's basically what is, what's the goal of that? That is to deceive. That is like the opposite of, of what that sign was for. That sign was to show that the power of Jesus is real. This is actually to show that the power of Satan is real, masqueraded in light as a Messiah, as a false Christ. All right. I think this is a good spot to take a quick break. Uh, I do think that 
We are covering some great topics, obviously, tonight. And, uh, yeah, let's get into Christmas that is coming up. Christmas, right? Where did mm -hmm. it come from? Uh, do we celebrate it as believers? Um, let's talk more about that right after this. My brothers and sisters in Christ, censorship is ramping up. If for any reason we lose this channel here, you need to know where to find us. It's on our website, edvforme.org. This is a completely free site. Here you can watch all of our videos that we put on YouTube. Are you looking for dreams and visions about the rapture and other end time events? Do you have dreams and visions that you need interpretations to? Or do you just want the whole world to be informed about what you saw? Here you will find the only worldwide message forum on the internet dedicated to dreams and visions of the end times. Here you can post unlimited dreams and visions. Have access to thousands of dreams and visions from believers all over the world. Including everything from our database that we have not posted on YouTube or our website yet. Read them before we even talk about them. Get a heads up. Check this out. Are you looking for one certain type of dream? All the dreams and visions here will be separated into categories for easy access. And yes, we are always adding more categories. If you can't find yours, let us know and we'll put it in. Click on the link below now. Go to the website and enter in your email at the bottom of the site to receive updates and notifications. It's a very user-friendly site to use, so don't waste any time. Get over there and get registered. That way, we can stay connected to you and also save it in your favorites or whatever on your device. <laughs> wow. Oh, where will you be? I'm going to be on uptime. You're going to be going up. Well, regardless, it's, it's going to be uptime. I mean, that is the ultimate. It's, it's uptime, ready to go. Let's get, let's get out of here. The ultimate. Let's get out of here. Go on. So, Carson, you, you're a busy guy, man. You, hmm? You're a busy guy. You run, you run Feed My Sheep today. You run that website. You do your videos with animation, with professional animation. I mean, where do you get all the time to do all these things? Do you sleep much? <laughs> no, my wife gets angry at me sometimes on our days off. I wake up early. She said, why don't you sleep in? I was like, well, this is my time for me to get some work done before you and the kids wake up. I hate to take time away from them when everybody's home. You know, so, it's, yeah, it's, I wake up early. Got to get up early, man. Get you're, you know, if you get up around four or five o'clock every morning, yo, you can do so a lot peaceful. of stuff. Yeah, so, yes, yeah, you get a lot done. It's so peaceful. I mean, you could really just try it sometime, folks. Get up early. Jesus got up early all the time to pray. There's yeah. something about the stillness of the morning. Amen. The yeah, stillness amen. of that morning where you can, you know, just really just feel the spirit of the Lord begin communicating with you. You know, it's just uh, yeah, get up early. 
That's how you okay. do it. That's, that, that's a good, <laughs> good thought. Well, you know, when I was in India and I was working there, I was work. I'd had another job here for a while, and I'm telling you, man, you can get a lot of stuff done when you when you're up 24 hours a day. <laughs> 24 <laughs> hours is a long time. You can get a lot of stuff done, and um, I just remember like how much I was able to do when I was up like you know 20 hours a day. It was. I mean, it's. I don't think it's something that I would say it's for everybody, and I don't think it's something that I could do forever. But like for a while. It, you just kind of get used to it, and then you realize, wow, I'm really productive. I can do a lot of things during a, uh, you know, a 20-hour day. Um, yeah, it's. But Bob, you are a busy guy. I'm telling you, you, you do a lot of things, and uh, you know what? The world is better off for it. So, thank you, Bob, for your for everything you do, and um, oh. it's it's great. My pleasure, and thank you for helping us out because. I got so overwhelmed. Our company became over so overwhelmed that now Kevin here helps us out. So he takes care of a lot of the stuff that are dealing with some emails now and the uh, the uh, moderator for the channel. That's a lot of work, brother. Because <laughs> well, I did not, I could not find time to moderate that channel anymore. I think it's more work putting together the stuff than it is to moderate it. But I think that maybe aggravation wise, it's probably harder to moderate it. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know what, though, uh, you know, I, I, I really do enjoy um, reading the comments and because there's a lot of people on your channel that are really blessed and are, um, you know, have amazing things to say. And you see them as well. And you post there, too. And it's uh, it's just it's a blessing to be involved with uh, with Feed My Sheep today. It's a blessing to be involved with you and, and Greg here on Uptime. I mean, I listen, you guys have definitely made it a, a big impact um, in my life. And, um, I think you guys help me, you know, every week, just try to stay on the straight and narrow. And I think that's, uh, that's, that's, that's only good. So I appreciate that. Thank you. That's good. Yeah. Great job. All of you. We all have a work, uh, to do here and, and, and all of you out there, thank you, uh, for coming on and, mm-hmm. and participating. Appreciate that. Um, so Christmas right around the corner, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it can tend to be one of those almost controversial subject matters among believers who say, Oh, it's not really his birthday. And, you know, know, we get into, uh, don't call it Xmas. Don't leave, you know, Christ out of Christmas and all. Don't have a tree. (laughs) And don't put a tree up in your So, yeah, I was trying to find that verse that talks about do about getting a pine, putting a tree in your home, and putting stuff underneath it. I thought there was a verse in the Bible that says something about that. Maybe somebody want to post in the comments section here. I was trying to find it in the Blue Letter Bible here, but I couldn't find anything like that though. Maybe I don't remember where it was at. I know it's in there somewhere. That's because it's in green. It's it's Christmas time, Bob. That you're not looking in the green letter Bible. Um, all, all, listen, all kidding aside, um, one person said, "Don't celebrate." Christ's birth on Christmas. It's like, okay, so what day do you celebrate at home? And it's like, no comment back, of course. But I mean, but, you know, there are a lot of people and some people in this chat who who actually have the same idea that I do. And I did some study, and I don't know how much you guys, and we haven't talked about this, but I did some study, and I came to the conclusion that that Christ was born actually born of Mary on September 11th, 3 BC. And believe it or not, I've seen people in the, I saw people in the chat earlier post. That's what they think too. 
Incredible. Now that, that that's that's pretty good for a coincidence to have that exact day be the day that they think so. Um, and what I did is I looked and I and I saw that that was uh, you know basically you have to remember back two thousand years ago uh, the the you know the cycle of the Earth has gone through so that the, the autumn actually comes a little bit later than it did in the past. So when you're talking about September 11th, that was actually after the fall equinox was 2,000 years ago. Now it's not. But back then it was. So that puts it in the fall. That was also a Feast of Trumpets, which is a fantastic day for the birth of Christ, in my opinion. And if you look at the gestation period of humans, 260 days is a perfect gestation. If you take September 11th, 3 BC and subtract 260 days, you come to December 25th, 4 BC. So could December 25th actually be the conception date of Christ and that we are actually celebrating on the 25th when he actually became life and incarnate in Mary? That's a possibility. So uh, that's, that's what I've seen. And that's what my research come up with. And I've actually seen somebody else in this channel post that exact same thing. So I don't know what you guys think, but that's what I came up with. I thought well, September, I, October, but, you know, that, yeah. that's all I needed to say. Go ahead. Feast of Trumpets. <laughs> that's what I, was, I, was, I knew it would be Feast of Trumpets. But let's point out some of the obvious things about I've, – I've seen so many different things about Christmas, and I get it, okay? Oh, Santa, Satan. Okay, that's an easy one. You know, I thought you. I remember the first time that, I saw Bob, that too. It wasn't that was long ago. Was that? <laughs> I thought you actually said that, Bob. But yeah, you did. So it's, <laughs> but it's funny if you look at all the little things like that. I'm picking out of these shows, and you know, you see these Christmas shows. Like, what's the one thing that Santa always wants? Belief. What does God want? Belief. Is it just a fight for belief? Always about belief. You know. So you have that. You have. Bob's uh, scared all the children away, Greg. Yeah, I mean now he's frightening them. Satan! Oh no, Satan's coming to my house! <laughs> no, no, mommy, tell Santa not to come. Mm-hmm. Poor Bob, so you, what are you doing, Bob? Come on, poor <laughs> children. <laughs> but uh, Christmas, you know, obviously, I've been giving this some thought because you know we're heading towards that time now, and I believe there's a whole setup happening right now that deals with the Antichrist and December twenty fifth. Don't tell me that all this stuff is happening for, you know, just no reason. This is coordinated. I don't know how it's coordinated, but it's coordinated. And I believe um, I've seen some research about it. Someone's birthday was on December 25th. And it was the uh, son of Summeranus. What was her name? Uh, was it, was it Nimrod's birthday? Oh, wasn't nice. it? Huh? I, I don't know, but uh, I wouldn't put it past that. Yeah, it was someone's birthday like that, some demigod's birthday that they're trying to, you oh, know. Yes, uh, it was one of the, yeah. Now I'm son, son was Nimrod, right? Let I'm me, sorry, folks. I can't no, fact, on, you can't fact check on this, but it's like no, uh, it's, Facebook will fact check you and then read and yeah. then uh, and then say that actually that wasn't true. Their fact check wasn't. I'll say that a year later, but don't worry right. about it. It's fine. But it was December 25th. Was this? false messiah's birthday and they just kind of went with it they tied it in you know but i believe of course you know the bible the book of revelation talks about people sending gifts to each other when they kill the two witnesses that kind of sticks out 
I mean, come on. When do people send gifts to each other when good stuff happens? That never happens anytime. I don't care how good the news is. I don't care if Trump did win. Well, I kind of wish he did, but, you know, in 2020, <laughs> for 2021. But did people send gifts to each other, Greg? No. So why are people sending gifts to each other at this point? Well, the only, the only time of the year they do that is Christmas. You know, so once again, you know, so, yeah, the Christmas season, there's, so, there's a lot of really dark stuff about that, too. The red and the green represents child sacrifice. You know, a lot of deep, dark stuff about it. I'm sorry I'm ruining it for everybody right now. But um, yeah, well, all this Christmas cheer, Bob. You know, you're you're doing mm-hmm. a fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Well, yeah, no, you, well, you no, need to know I, the truth. To the truth, too. I don't. Well, say right. For and, and for me, it's like um, if we actually are celebrating Christ uh, instead of s- celebrating Santa or celebrating the commercial aspect of the of the year, and you're actually celebrating that God sent His Son. And you're coming together and you're talking about that and having good fellowship, then I don't see any problem with that whatsoever. And right. and just because you have a tree in your in your house doesn't mean that you're serving Satan. Okay. That mm-hmm. that, that that's that's gone, that's taking things way too far. You if you're now listen, if you have a baby underneath that tree and you're sacrificing it, that's a different matter. And that's a whole different thing. But if you have Christ-centered fellowship, he says that where there are two or three gathered in his name, he's there in the midst of them. So he's not going to come down on you and send hellfire and, and lightning bolts because you have a tree in your house. And I, mm-hmm. I, and I can't, I don't know whether or not he's going to bring it up at the judgment seat. I would think he's probably not, if I'm going to guess. So I think the key here is, though, is that... W- we can take this time to remind people of what this what this holiday and where it and ultimately I mean where it ultimately originated was most likely pagan but we here in the United States of America well maybe not today but we used to celebrate this as the birth of Christ and we still do whether or not America does as a whole anymore, and you can kind of debate whether or not that's gone off the rails, but we can take this opportunity to remind them that Christmas has Christ in it, okay? This is the birth of the Savior of the world. That is what we're celebrating it. So you can go ahead and celebrate it on on, on 9-11, on September 11th, and say this is the day that Christ was actually born, uh, or you can uh take this opportunity here when everyone's thinking about Christmas and saying, what's the real meaning of Christmas? What is what that, that word Christmas, what does that stand for? And that stands for Christ with us. And I think that that's the key is that Emmanuel, he came to be with us and that God sent his only begotten son. And I think that when you say that, Either they're going to turn away and say, I'd rather have Santa, or as Bob would call him, Satan, then, you know, let them go on their way. But, uh, you know, you'll get what what happens sometimes. You're like, you'll get people to say, yeah, you know what? I, I That is the real, that is the real reason why we celebrate this time of year. Amen. It's not because we celebrate uh, a fat guy in a suit. We don't celebrate each other to give each other gifts. 
we celebrate the gift that God gave us. Amen. Amen well said. That. Well said. I think you were looking for the word Odin, the Norse god. Uh, Odin. Right, uh, Bob? It Odin? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Odin and... Uh... I think it was the Norse god Odin back... Yeah. Uh, of mm-hmm. Norse gods. Is Thor and, one of the Norse all gods? Father. What's that? Is Thor one of the Norse gods? Uh, he may be. Anybody in or the comment just, section uh, can... Uh, was he just one of the Sun. The son was Thor, right? Okay. Oh, they have like a God the Father, Jesus type deal there too. Mm-hmm. Copying, once again, of God the Father, Jesus' son. What a surprise. You know, but yeah, there's no such thing as Odin. Now, I'm sure there might be a, a, a some type of angel named Odin, I'm sure. That kind of put himself out there to be worshipped, you know. I mean, that's all the fallen angels were doing at that time, right? Even, even now today, they're just trying to get people to worship. Then they're fighting for worship, man. You know, they're all, they know they're all going to hell, so they might as well try to, you know, get some people to worship them on the way down. You know. Amen. Yeah, but you know, it like you said, Kevin, you can take what is pagan, and you could say, listen, it it brings some attention to jesus christ Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's it's a good time to witness to others uh you know let the lord lead of course because we start getting into oh it's really norse god odin and you know floor you're going to turn people away obviously Mm -hmm. you're going to get the same Uh, people that are talking about easter and saying you know hey the easter bunny and eggs and this and that's all pagan why are you celebrating easter and this and it's just like Look at people understand that that period of time we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. That is a a big deal. So if you just say, well, then take them all out, you know, just just forget it. Don't celebrate that anymore. Well, then then you have less opportunity. Then then then, then Jesus actually becomes less of a of a conversation piece during those periods of time. No, I say ramp it up. I say, you know, let's let, let's let's praise the Lord, uh, and and on those days when people might even be thinking about it a little bit more, that gives you a uh, you know an easier way in. So take the opportunity. Yeah, that's a great opportunity because during the Christmas season. So, so what are you celebrating today? Christmas, and what what's what what exactly is that? Oh, it's the birth of our Lord and Savior, right? Right. Shaking right? up and down, like right. They'll agree with you. Yeah, yeah, my Lord saved. Yeah. So how long you've been saved? <laughs> exactly. Well, Opens the door. Doesn't it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> how's your walk going today? <laughs> yeah. How's your walk with the Lord going today? Yeah, I mean, well, you are celebrating yeah. Him today, right? Got you Jesus. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good opportunity. I think. Yep. Yeah. So, so all right. Saying, no, we we worship. Jesus every every day. Who is that? Uh, I can't find your name. I apologize. Chester. Chester. Telmo. Okay, and Chester. Okay, yeah, yeah. We celebrate Jesus every day. Yeah, we do. That's, we do. He, mm-hmm. he lives. He's he's with us, right? He's God with us. He dines with us. He he lives in us. I mean, he's <laughs> you know, there's nothing better than that. I mean, come on. They're talking about the Holy Spirit has been given already. <laughs> I love this. If you call the fifth day of the week Thursday. That's day or Friday, Freda's day. But get mad at Christmas. You may need to reevaluate your priorities. <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah, exactly. I mean, listen, you could go off 
and get upset about everything. I mean, you could you could be that cringy old man on the porch saying, get off my lawn to every single thing in the world these days. But let's let's have some joy. Let's let, let's show the, the world that we are the salt and the light of the world. And let's not hide that under a bushel. So uh, that's why they talk about there's a war on Christmas. And uh, usually what they talk about there, sometimes some people will say, yeah, it's a war actually on Christians. And to say, you cannot show manger scenes, you can't do this and that. And they've done that a lot. But then they also like now are saying it's a war on Christmas. They don't even want to have Christmas talked about at all, ever. Like it's offensive, you know? Well, I mean, Jesus said he was going to offend, didn't he? <laughs> I mm-hmm. mean, he is the, the he is the mass offender. He Because you know why? He reflects everything that that goes on in your life. He was the one who wrote down in the dirt and showed those people their sins that they committed and said, those who have have not committed sin, go ahead and cast the first stone and not one of them could. So he's the one who is uh, the convictor. I mean, the Holy Spirit is the convictor of, of sin. And those people are just looking at themselves and saying, I'm not, worthy and I don't want to hear about it and I don't want to see it and I don't want to deal with it. Well, like Bob said earlier, that day is coming soon where you're going to have to confront that head on and you don't want to do that after you die and not make it and, and, and make the wrong choice beforehand because you're, you're in for a, uh, an eternity of hurt at that point. Mm-hmm. Eternity. God, God made, I mean, God, the father made a blood contract with the son you if you're not part of that blood contract, you're going to hell. The only way to be a part of that blood contract is by your faith right now. Okay, it's going to change after the rapture resurrection. There'll be a new gospel put in place, and the Revelation 14 angel will tell you all about it after we're gone. Okay, but plain and simple, there is a blood contract that you need to be a part of. That's the only thing God looks at. Okay, so anybody out there that said think they're going to be saved by your works, Bible doesn't mention anything about works right now to get saved, especially uh, Ephesians two eight nine. You know, so yeah, if you're not part of the blood contract that God the Father made with His Son Jesus Christ, shedding His blood at the cross, having faith in it, believing in it, and by the way, that video I made past week, you know, belief comes from the Spirit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't originate in your body. If it does, please tell please tell me which gland originates faith, <laughs> which uh, organ? No, uh, you might. The faith will be uh, an after effect of what uh, you know. Some people, all your these glands up here will start sparkling and stuff in your brain. That's an after effect. What happens in your spirit? But where does a faith originate? In your spirit. That's where it comes from. Where does love originate? Your spirit, it doesn't originate in your body. Like I said, stuff that goes on, like the, what's the, what's the, what's the, what's the, what's the, endorphins when you hug people. Yeah, that's an aftermath of the love that originates in your spirit. So that's why God looks at your spirit. What, do you have faith in this spiritual work? You know, the thing that always cracks me up right now, well, it cracks me up about, about back then, the Jews and all the Israelites were struggling with what Jesus was talking about because he kept on talking about things going on in the spirit. Mm-hmm. It was always about the flesh. You know, destroy the temple in three days, raise it up. It was always about, it was always about the physical realm. They 
totally missed the spiritual plane. And that's what we're trying to tell you right now. It's a spiritual plane right now. Yeah, I know you sin. I sin. Greg sin. And I know Kevin sins, right? <laughs> we all Wait, sin. Wait, how right? do you know that I sin? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm, I'm pretty sure I sin more than you today. I'm pretty sure. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I was I was pretty upset. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, I, I bet you any money I'm more sinful than you. Okay, maybe I don't I think so bet. though. I don't think so. Yeah. I'd take that bet. So yeah. I think the point, though, Bob, that you're making is that we are all sinners, and right. none of us are worthy of salvation on our own, and that we we absolutely cannot achieve it um, because we sin every day, even now, um, and yet. We are striving not to. Our spirit is is fighting against that desire and that sinful desire, the sinful nature that we have, isn't it? But God's looking at our spirit. I don't know about you, Bob, but my body is not getting better every day, okay? But no. my spirit, I feel like my spirit is growing and getting better every day. That is the difference, is that you've got your bodies decaying, but your spirit's being renewed and it's and it's learning and you're growing in the spirit every Amen. single day. That's Amen. where you want to be. Your body is not going to help you out. I mean, ultimately it's going to decay and you're going to die uh, if you can make it that long. Uh, but I'll tell you this though, your spirit can be regenerated all the time. And so w- what you got to do is when you start feeling those things and start getting into that, bad attitude or bad nature try just to take a little break and then just like ask the lord to help you i mean i i I did that today and i was just like okay i mean lord you know where i'm at right now and 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 i i ask that you help me out with this and that you give me some peace and you give me some clarity you know and those those things Next thing you know, Bob, you're on a better track and that you're just like, okay, I, I can I can get through this. I, I I can be a little less hot about some things and I can just I can be more clear. Now, as you get older, it seems like, for me at least, you can get through those things a lot quicker and you don't blow up as much as you did before. Things don't affect you as much. You maybe just because you know what? I've been there and done that. And yeah, it was a rougher day than normal. But at the same time, though, days like this before would just get me into all kinds of stuff. And I'd be all just, ugh. But now it's like I'm there for maybe a, a minute or two. And I'm, then I'm kind of like, all right, you know, this I've been through this before. I'll deal with this. And I can deal with it because I know that if I take that break, he's going to help me out. He's not going to just say, well, Kevin, you're on your own, <laughs> you know. I mean, that would be a terrible feeling. But all of a sudden, you start feeling peace. You're like, okay, yeah, I can do this. And, uh, yeah, that, that's, the, that's, that, that's the daily walk, right? I mean, that is like you communing with your creator. And what the amazing thing is that he's willing and more than willing to do that. That is like, that's what baffles me the most, is that he's just always there mm. and that he never forsakes you. I mean, it's amazing, amazing isn't it? Amazing grace. Amazing. Yeah, uh, so it. let's this. This is a good segue from what you just said, brother Bob, about what the video you just did recently. Someone is asking. I believe the, Demo- <laughs> the Democratic Party is going to start the new world order. <laughs> uh, now, I would suggest that person go to Bob's latest video, 
and just just view that. And he talks very strongly on what the new world order really is. Um, and Bob, you can you can brief you can brief us on that, and we'll get to the rest of the other questions. Well, the Democratic Party is going to be the stepping person that the new world order comes in, meaning they're going to knock them down, step on them, and raise themselves up. The, new, the Democratic Party, I believe that this that is, it's a human based organization. And in my video, I talk about the New World Order is a non-human-based organization. So even though these humans are filthy, wicked, doing the will of these fallen angels, in the end, it doesn't matter. These angels hate every human because we are made in the image of God. Even though they're serving them right now, setting things up for them, they're, 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 they don't want to make any room in this new world order for any human to have any form of power. Where in the days of Noah were there humans running the world? Because according to the Bible, the only ones that were clean the genealogy were Noah and his sons. Okay? So basically, no, I don't believe the Democratic Party is going to start the new world order. They're, they're going to come to an end. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard New World Order, and it was, we are going to have a New World Order, a thousand mm-hmm. points of light. That's what I heard, and that was a Republican. <laughs> so, yeah. right. and, and we can't forget that not all Democrats are for, you know, some of the policies, you know, going into effect. Okay, That's we, can't, true. we can't narrow that down to the Democratic Party. Okay, well, at least we know of uh, one Democrat. <laughs> That, that isn't, this week, that became very obvious. <laughs> and we also know of another Democrat who was in New Jersey before that became a Republican. But just because you're a Republican doesn't mean you're on the good side either. So mm-hmm. let's be clear about this. Uh, like I said, the first time yeah. I ever heard it was at a Republican president's mouth. So New World right. Order is not uh, limited to the Democratic Party. And by the right. way, it's not the Democratic Party. It's the Democrat Party. Yeah, well, it is uh, now the flu order. The new, oh, the new flu new order. order. <laughs> now the new flu order. I can't. I can't. It doesn't even flow good. New flu order. Try to say that. New flu. New flu order. Oh, we are going to have a new flu order. No new taxes. Read my lips. All right, <laughs> Chester. Chester. Ah, Chester. All right, Bob Barber. Oh, at Bob Barber. Well, Chester, why don't you ever ask me a question? Constance, I sent you on a G about the COVID jab vax. Constance, I have to go back and read that email again. It was a while ago. But uh, yeah, he's he's got some common sense. Wow. I get a lot of emails from Chester. Hey, Chester, why don't you send that to me right now and see if I can address it before the show's over. Dana okay. Carvey said it best. That's what Kevin Yeah, Dunn said it to did. me again. I'm sure he already did <laughs> before the show started. I thought that Dana Carvey was a better George H.W. Uh, Bush than George H.W. Bush, to be honest with you. I enjoyed watching Dana, Dana Carvey more than George H.W. <laughs> you remember when he did those impressions? He was so cool. more entertaining, I think. That's yeah, he was more entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is a good one. Uh, okay. Why don't more people read the Book of Enoch? And let, let's all, all three of us discuss this. Go. All right, great. You start. Okay, well, uh, here in my mind, I have read the Book of Enoch, okay? Uh, first of all, there are three different books of Enoch, okay? There's book one, book two, and book three. 
And there could be another book for all I know. I don't know. Somebody may have, you know, just come, you know, whip that up out of their hat in the last <laughs> decade or so. But the point being, what I've read from Book of Enoch 1 uh, is in stark comparison to Books 2 and 3. And they don't meld well together. Uh, I will say that Book 1 uh, kind of works best, I think, in complementing scripture in the 66 books uh you know to say that it is inspired work that we leave up to you i think a lot of people are skittish about book of enoch because it it goes into real uh, heavy stuff with the fallen angels it goes into heavy um things about you know satan and and the, the, the specific details of each um, order of these angels and what they do and uh, their functions and all of that it gets very specific and i think people get turned off from that because it, it they don't know what to do with it all right uh that's that's my opinion all right i personally do think it could be an inspired work i do believe that um there are certain things that i've read out of it that you know some others will not agree with it being you know inspired work but you're going to have to you know make that up on your own you're going to have to choose on your own whether it's inspired work or not uh, but that is one of the reasons why i think more people don't read the book of enoch i know that the ethiopians uh, have chosen to put it as part of the scriptures and consider it as uh, inspired text uh, however there's a number of things in there that a, a lot of Christians uh, disagree with. Just look at it as something that's an extra biblical work. And, you know, it's something that's food for thought. Think about it, chew on it, pray about it. But, you know, let's let's stick with the 66 books. Primarily, the main thing is keeping the main thing the main thing, right? Mm -hmm. Go ahead, guys. Bob, you want to go next? Yeah, you know, the the book of Enoch, I read it, and I tell you what, the first part of it is very interesting. The rest of it gets, it, it turns into the book of Ezekiel. I'm not book of Ezekiel. Um, the book of, uh, no, the book of Ezekiel it was, because um, Ezekiel goes into the, uh, goes into the uh, dimensions of the temple and stuff like that, you know. It just gets very... It, it talks. He talks about the locations of the sun and different parts and stuff like that. You know, it just gets very. You get lost in it. But you know, the the uh, the beginning of it's really good though. I love the part of the beginning of the book where it talks addresses the fallen angels, and this is why I believe that it's not in the sixty six books because it specifically addresses the great deception that we're going to see in the origins of what the angels did. Yeah, it talks about it in uh, Genesis 6-4, what they did, but there was no mention about how they were weeping, crying in absolute fear, hoping that Enoch would be able to go to God the Father on their behalf and forgive them so they could return to the heavens. The book, the 66 books, the canon doesn't talk about how the angels pleaded that Enoch would go to God the Father on the behalf of their children, the demons, so that they can ascend to heaven. Since the angels can't go, maybe our children can ascend. You know, I mean, they were absolute. I mean, what were they thinking? You know, 
you know, after what you did, you really think God the Father will allow your, your the disgusting hybrid human being slash human angel hybrid entities to ascend to heaven? You know, and basically those books just, and also what's great too is, you know, it makes sense about the book when it talks about how the demons are not able to leave the earth. They're supposed to stay here on the earth. That's what God tells 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 uh, Enoch to tell the angels, hey, your your children came from men. They're going to stay here with men. They're going to persecute men. They're going to give men a hard time here. And I'm paraphrasing the whole thing right now. But they're going to stay here on the earth. And that makes sense to, to the earlier part of our conversation, why they're inter, interdimensional beings. They're not extraterrestrial. They can't leave the earth. Sure, they can get to the second and third heavens. I mean, sure, they can get to the, the outer layers of the, the, the first heavens, but the demons can't go to the second heavens or the third heavens, okay? But they're stuck here in the atmosphere of our earth, okay? That's what the Bible talks about them being the prince and powers of the air, okay? So that's what I like about the book of Enoch. It really lays out what happened, uh, basically the, disp- the disciplinary actions of what the fallen angels did. In, in Genesis 6 4. Okay, it explains why, where, explains where demons come from, it explains why they're stuck here on the earth. You know, that's what I love about the book, and it totally exposes the fallen angels for who they really are. And that's, and, and we can sit and argue about, okay, is it, is it really a truly inspired work of God? The fact that it makes the fallen angels look bad has to be something to it, right, Greg? I, I would so- think so, but again, there's a mixture of things going on yeah. here with the three books. I think mm-hmm. two and three are definitely Gnostic books. Um, however, you know, I see some other comments in the section. You have to you have to read it yourself. Uh, that's something uh, I wouldn't suggest going into the Gnostic texts. Uh, certainly not two and three. I think uh, Enoch is very interesting, and there could be something to it. Uh, however. Uh, I stay I stay on the 66 books and mm-hmm. that is, you know, again, keeping the main thing, the main thing. But that's again, uh, there's interesting things to it. Uh, can it be trusted? That's that's another thing you have to pray about. You know, the interesting thing is too is how it talks about where the angels are imprisoned, you know, and it talks about like a icy desert wasteland. You know, that's Antarctica. You know, there's a lot of little interesting, you know, you know, tidbits in there that can help, you know, explain some of the things that are going on right now, you know. Well, I read it um, a few years back. I don't I don't know if I read all three in one one thing or if it was just the first one, but um, I found it to be interesting. I found, you know, obviously the Bible quotes uh, Enoch. um, So there's. There's something inspired regarding it, right? So you can't say the whole thing is not because the Bible wouldn't have it in there. So, mm-hmm. uh, but it also doesn't pick a whole bunch of things and say it either. So that's why you got to look at it and go, th- it might be just a combination of a whole bunch of things. And, and books two and three, I've read about studies that have been done on them, and it doesn't seem like they were written at the same time that they were written well after possibly even like 100 BC. Uh, And you've got some interesting theories and stuff like that in there. Even in the first book, there's some interesting passages that don't seem to fit exactly with what scripture says. 
that is that doesn't mean that it wasn't necessarily Enoch who who was who was saying those who was thinking those things or even saying those things at one time. It's possible. It's possible also somebody wrote it for him and thought that they, they that came up with their ideas regarding it. But I would say there's some things in there that are like historical type um, of observations and things of that nature. Also, there's some prophetic things as well. So I think it's an interesting book, but at the same time, I don't think that the Bible has left anything out of it that you really need in order to be able to understand even fallen angels and all those other things, even without the book of Enoch. I think that the book of Enoch is there for you to get additional reference material from it, and you can pick and choose using the Holy Spirit to discern which which things line up with the Bible. And the Bible says test every spirit, right? So you take a look at it and see. And if you see something in there that says that sin didn't come from man, that's when you go, hmm, it came from an angel? No, 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 no. Sin, man sinned. That's where sin came from. So, I mean, you look at a couple of those different things and you're kind of like, I kind of, I mean, I know where, where sin, uh, sin started. Sin started, uh, and Eve went to Adam, and uh, those two sinned to begin with. So, uh, he, you know, there, there, yeah, that's a perfect one. That's a perfect one right there, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. That would be us, by the way, in the second coming on white horses, I believe. So there's some nice things that you can glean from the book of Enoch. But, I mean, you know, if you start saying, oh, what about his calendar and this and that, you got to remember his calendar and those things were made up well after he died. I mean, these things are talking like 300 B.C., 200 B.C. I mean, those calendars have been disproven, actually, uh, time and time again to not be accurate, to not be factual. So be careful when you start following an Enoch calendar. Listen, the calendar, all you need to follow is God's calendar. Look, you can see the, the moon when it's new and when it's full and then when it's new again. You know it's another month. I mean, that is how it goes. I mean, so you... Yeah, that's that's God's calendar. God's calendar is based on that, and it's based on the sun and the moon. And listen, I mean, it's not very difficult. You know when the first day of the month is. You know when the first day of the year is. So you got to look at the barley harvest. We've talked about this before. That's that's the barley harvest. So if you really want to go off that, that's great. But what it's not going to do is be able to get you to your next appointment that you meet uh, somebody because you're not going off of that calendar. So, I mean, this is a this this is a spiritual calendar that you can go off of, and that allows you to be able to celebrate the feast days if you'd like, um, and th- that helps you with that. But don't go off an Enoch calendar and say Enoch said this day is going to be this day, and this is the rapture, and blah 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 blah. I've seen people kind of go off the deep end with that. So, I mean, it's just like taking everything in moderation, right? I have a funny question here from a Telmo, Telmo P P R L. Telmo P R L was there the night that, that you and I were doing the broadcast on the election. Telmo has been, Telmo has been on, on uptime, on uptime since like the beginning, right, Greg? I mean, you saw Telmo back in, Probably when you first started with John Boucher, yeah, right? Yeah, he's yeah. been on for a while. 
Telmo is a is a is a solid mainstay in uptown. <laughs> well, yeah, the funny thing he said here. I asked a Catholic where it says "Hail Mary" in the Bible. Still no <laughs> reply. A week later, <laughs> don't be surprised. Catholics don't read the Bible. I know because I was a Catholic for twenty eight years, and the only reason why I knew stuff about the Bible is because I was a Catholic school for eight years, and I would hear you know verses here and there, but. Never read the whole Bible, you know, until after I got out of Catholicism and I actually read the Bible, you know. So yeah, Joel Osteen and a billion Catholics, uh, Bob, you, I think you've set a new record for the mm-hmm. for one night. <laughs> yeah, I, I get surprised, you know. I think uh, if, if there's any Catholics in watching this show right now, please comment. Okay, if you're going to you, just own it, all right? You know, I, I, I believed in... Uh, you know, I believed in the uh, the gospel when I was a Catholic. I guess I can't really. Uh, I know there's a lot of stuff in Catholicism that's just wrong. You don't confess your sin to a man. You know, you don't get baptized as a baby. You know, all this stuff like that. You know, I get it. You know, but you know, but during that time, I didn't couldn't find another church to go to. I still wanted to go and pray somewhere, and I was going to a Catholic church when I was like 28 years old. So I was like doing the Catholic church going for like. I think I got saved when I was 17, 18 years old. I was reading those Chick Hick books. You guys seen those things? Mm-hmm. Chick Hick. I'm thinking about cars now. No, uh, <laughs> Chick, Chick Tracks. That <laughs> movie, Cars. But um, Chick Tracks, okay? And I was reading those all the time. I love those things. Yeah. But uh, be it as it may, though, yeah, I was Catholic until I was about 28 years old. But I believe I was saved when I was 17, reading the gospel and stuff like that. So... If there are already Catholics there, sorry, I offended you, you know, but... Uh, well, listen, if Jesus would have prayed to his mother, then that's a whole different story, but that's not what he did. He prayed to his father in heaven, and, uh, you know, I just don't see how praying to Mary is going to solve anything. Uh, she, I mean, she was the mother of Christ. She was, she was favored. She was blessed, but she's not going to be able to save anybody or anything. So, uh, you know, I just don't see why, why you pray to a, to, to a, to a dead human. I mean, that's, I mean, she's fantastic, but I mean, she's, she's not going to be able to answer your prayers. Okay. She does not answer prayers. Um, Mm -hmm. Only the father answers prayers. So you ask it through in Jesus name and the father will give it to you if it's in his will. And that's where you should stick with it. And, and I'm telling you, the Catholic Church as a religion is a really bad, is a poor religion. It's it's, it's really not good. It's I mean, when you consider the the history of it, and then also just the like what kind of people it, it turns people into, um, you know, they, they 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 really boast regarding their works a lot. Uh, the priests are just depraved. A lot of them uh, because they've put themselves in the position where they, 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 they suffer unneedlessly. Uh, I mean, they, granted, they don't sell indulgences anymore, but they still do confessions and, and that they really don't want people to read their Bibles. They have intercess, their intercessors. That's not what humans are supposed to be. Jesus is our intercessor. Uh, they say that that the Pope is the is the embodiment of Christ on the earth. Boy, if that's the case, uh, you know we 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 we've got problems. Um, if that's actually Jesus, no. Uh, so, 
I would stay away from that religion. I would stay away from all religions. I would, I, I would much rather just have everybody have a personal relationship with Christ. And then those who are like-minded in that body come together and fellowship like we do. Amen. Amen. Well said. And uh, I think uh, Chester, he sent me that email. And it's basically his question was about the uh, jibba-jabba. And uh, I read right here to see, see what you guys think. He says, hey, Bob, I got my own comments. I want to share with you about the, the jibba-jabba. The jibba-jabba does not have the RFID chip 666 in it. And if it were... There was, and if there was a mark of the beast with no antichrist in sight, nor he's not in the temple claiming to be God, then it would be it won't be the tribulation yet. If the jab if the jab was the mark, then forty six would be impeached by the left and the right, and the whole world would be at war. Plus, the tribulation time frame would be messed up. Plus, Christians Christians would be mad if there was if that was the case. We won't be here before the real mark of the beast takes place. I agree. Like you said, the real mark goes in the forehead or the right hand. So uh, I, I don't quite, not quite sure. I'm following that question. What you're trying to ask me here, basically? Is, no, that wasn't a question, Bob. He said that he emailed you common sense. Right. It was. Uh, I as I was looking for the question in there, but the common there's sense no is there's no. Um, there's no, there's nobody, there's no third temple built. That's right. There's no, there's no false prophet promoting a beast to build an image. None of that stuff is happening yet. No. And yes, we do see certain uh, mechanisms that look like the mark, that yeah. operate kind of like the mark. It has some aspects of the mark. They're 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 getting closer to the getting closer and closer yeah. every time, aren't they? Yeah. They're getting closer, but they haven't quite perfected it. They haven't completed it. Doesn't have all, it doesn't have all the faces yet. It doesn't have all the mechanism yet to be the mark. And in order for it to be the mark and to be condemned by it, you have to be in the tribulation period where that grace is no longer available to forgive you. Remember, you know, the mark of the beast, people say that's uh, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Well, our apostle was forgiven for blaspheming the Holy Spirit during the age of grace. Paul said, I was a blasphemer, and he, he was, was forgiven. He was so forgiven. the mark of the beast, if you think you got the mark of the beast, well, you didn't, but let's say you, you believe it, guess what? You're in the age of grace. You're forgiven, okay, oh. because Apostle Paul was a blasphemer. But I'm telling you right now, it's not the mark of the beast. No, Greg, Greg, listen, it says that that Paul is convinced that nothing's going to separate us, okay? so That's right. You've been through that verse before. That's right. I mean, and 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 I would say that the jibba jabba is something that can't separate us. Uh, Amen. You know, it's, it's that's even less effective than other things that, that he's mentioned. <laughs> Let's be honest; that thing's not very effective these days against anything. If you if you've been watching the news, this latest, this latest variant is um, is affecting them uh, who have it quite quite a lot. So it's not even a very effective mark of the beast, even if even if it was. Yeah, Amen, and yeah. people people who are taking it right now, you know, they're not uh they're not being forced to uh you know buy and sell through it. That's yeah. a biggie. And no worship. Where they, where, where, where's the image that he, that they're that they're worshiping when they take this? I, I mean, I just don't see it. I don't. There, there's so many things about it. I just think people are afraid. I think they're afraid, and I think that they're afraid of it. 
for one reason or another. And so they, by putting that, this moniker on it, it makes it easier for them to say, I'm going to distance myself from that because if I take it, I'm going to lose my salvation. Well, if some people need to feel that way. I guess that's good for them. I don't know. But don't put that on other people. Just like those people who are saying that you must take it, don't put that on other people either. I think there's a lot of people trying to force things down people's throats right now, both ways. And I think that that's part of the problem. Right. I we we under, I I get what you're trying to do. I respect you from trying to scare people the best you can with your ignorance. Tell them it's the mark of the beast right now. I know in your heart what you're trying to do is good. Okay, but the problem is some people are here and say here you say that's the mark of the beast that they already took it or they have loved ones that took it and now they're like, Oh great, now my sister's lost, my son's lost, my father's lost. You know, I might as well not even preach to them. I might as well, hey, takes, let you know, if Dad, you're going to hell. All right, have a good day. It takes away all their hope. It takes away yeah. all their hope. But why, I mean, then, then why, then why not just live for tomorrow? We die. I mean, it's just, it's, it's crazy. I mean, you're just putting the people underneath a yoke that they don't need to be under. I bet you the the 19th century preachers though would have had a field day with this one. Hell, fire, and brimstone. It would have been all over the place there. Um, but uh, you know what? We got the same people that they're kind of like that these days who are saying anybody who takes this is going to hell for eternity. And it's like, who told, you know, who gave you the right to send people to hell? No one did. No one did. So you got to be careful and be accountable for your yeah. words too. Yeah, that's, that's quite an accusation. And yeah. uh, you can see what the devil's trying to do there. You know, accusing it's pretty the, obvious. Accusing the it, fellow yeah. brethren, aren't they at that point? Oh man! I know many Christians that have taken it, and no, they're all no Christians because the light has gone out. And yeah, it's really bad, and it's really sad. Um, listen, sad. this scripture above us right now is Romans chapter eight, uh, thirty-six through thirty-nine. Go ahead, chew on that for a little bit afterwards. After people tell you, "Oh well, you took the you took the uh, snake oil. That's it. You're done. Uh, not going to heaven. <laughs> just just." Point them to Romans 8, the entire chapter, actually. Um, I'll read it now. It's in a good close. As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded, right? Apostle Paul saying, I am persuaded, meaning absolutely convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, okay, those Enoch folks, <laughs> shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. 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 Yes, All right. Be. Brother Robert was not able to make it with us tonight. Um, he uh, he was feeling a little tired, a little run down after work. So it's one of the reasons he didn't feel like coming on. Uh, so we'll pray for him. Uh, Vanessa Moore, who you know, has joined us on a number of uptimes. Um, we're going to just lift up her grandmother. Um, she is currently in hospice care. And uh, we're going to lift up everyone else also, right? Kind of a blanket prayer, of course. We can't get to every single person, and uh, we would love to. But you're on the prayer list, we promise. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time, this gathering together today. Lord, let it be all about you and your will and your will alone, Lord God. Let it all be about you, not about us. 
let us boast in you, not ourselves here. We're boasting in the Lord, in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for what you have accomplished here tonight. Thank you for what you're accomplishing in this ministry. Uh, and it's by your doing and your doing alone. We thank you for what you've done on that cross at Calvary for our sins and the sins of all of mankind. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for what you've done. It's by faith in the blood of Jesus, Lord God, that we are saved. Thank you so much for that wonderful, amazing grace and gift that you've given us that we don't deserve, but humbly accept. Lord God, I lift up Brother Robert to you, Lord, tonight. Lord God, I just ask that you give him a peaceful night's sleep, that he's ready tomorrow for work. Um, just fill him up with your spirit from uh, head to toe. Lord God, just give him the strength he needs to continue on. We pray that he be able to join us next week. Lord, we lift up um, also him and his family, and uh, as well as Vanessa and uh, her uh, grandmother, Alma, who is right now in hospice care. Lord God, let your will be done, Lord God. Let uh, everything that is going on there right now just be love, a blanket of love right now over Alma. And let that blanket of love just seep into her heart and her soul and spirit, Lord God, knowing that you are the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, that everything about you and everything that Vanessa has spoken to Alma about is that she will resonate with her and know that that is the truth, that he, that you, Lord Jesus, are the way, the truth, the life, that no one goes to the Father except through you. Lord God, let that be true, Lord God. And we just pray for her and the family, Lord, that you uh, just comfort them during this time of trial. Lord, you just comfort each and every one of those people on the webcast that are listening, that are watching, Lord God, tonight. May you give them all a peaceful night's sleep. Lord, just rest, watch over them, Lord God. We just ask for a fresh anointing to be placed upon each and every individual who has been participating tonight. Lord God, we thank you for them. We thank you for them, and may, the, may you continue to bless them and protect them. Lord God, just blanket them, Lord God, under the shadow of your wing, Lord God, in every single step that they take in this world of darkness, Lord God. As the darkness continues to close in on us, let us continue to move forward in that as, as the light, Lord God, the salt of the earth, Lord God, going forward, just preaching and, and evangelizing and just showing that light, even during this time of a pagan holiday, Lord God. Let it be that you be the focus of tension, not the presence, not the uh, uh, the Santa, uh, hold all of Santa and all that. Let Let it be about you. Let it be about you, Lord Jesus, and help each and every one of us do your will, not our own. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you all. Lord willing, we'll see you next week. <laughs>